Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Banecdotes. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton, and you're tuning in to Banecdotes, the podcast that showcases all sorts of Ontario heavy acts such as screamo, punk, hardcore, metal. And we take those musicians, we bring them on the show, and we have them tell the most wildest stories that they have. If you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe, follow us, and give us a high rating there. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes. That's B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you want to be a part of the show, shoot me an email at Banecdotes at gmail.com. Now, today I have one of my favorite friends in the community right now. Uh, we met a couple of years ago, uh, just kind of connecting, and I and I asked him, I said, do you want to play a couple shows? We'll do, we do show trading, which uh, if people don't know that, <clears throat> someone you get someone from out of the area, uh, so they're, they're from Kingston, which is about three hours from where we are. Uh, you get them to book a show from where they're from. We'll book a show from where we're from and then, you know, connect the dots along the way. And then uh, and that's kind of how we just met. Like uh, we kind of planned out a tour to go all the way up to Ottawa and they played a couple days with us. And we soon found them. Honestly, they're one of the best people we've toured with. And t- today I have Mitch on the show who is. The guitar player, the bass player, he drives, he does all the promoting for Trauma Model. Uh, so I was really excited to have him on the show. He doesn't mention it in the episode, but I'll break the news. Um, I'm on, I'm doing a guest bit on their upcoming record that he mentioned was called Sanity on a Razor's Edge. Uh the part that we do together, uh, Derek and I, uh, it's it's super badass. The song is super cool. I wish I could play the song, but the record isn't out yet. He said maybe it may release in the in our conversation, but you know I won't hold my breath because I know sometimes you got to jump through a couple hoops when you're in a band and trying to figure out a release and when when's a proper time. So yeah, here's my interview with Mitch. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Of anecdotes, Mitch, it is so good to see you. How are you doing, buddy? It has been a year I, since I've seen you. It's been a while. Love you, buddy. I've been doing great. How you been doing through this uh, pandemic? I have been working the entire time, and it has been, you know, it's all right, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I've let the listeners know what you do, but tell us in your words what your role is in the Ontario heavy community. Um, so I play all the instruments for a band called Trauma Model, um, <laughs> pretty much. I play guitar and bass. Um, I also do a lot of booking for the band, um, and all that kind of jazz, but we're from Kingston. Right on, right on. So I know Trauma Model has been busy in the last year. I know that, but maybe for some of the listeners, can you reiterate what you guys been up to? Yeah, so once the pandemic hit, we kind of just decided that what else we're going to do other than drink beer besides Derek. 
and uh, write some songs. So we wrote some songs, wrote a record. Uh, last October, I think it was, we went to Schoolhouse Studios in Hamilton, Ontario with Nick Jen, recorded a nine song album. And then from then on, we've just been doing like music videos and getting some money together to fix our van and all that kind of jazz. Just, you know, ready to go for when this is all over with. So you were in a band before Trauma Model, this burning oh city uh which was it was was that your first band you've ever played in or how'd you get started uh started playing music well, that was my first band that i ever played in they were they were some good old gan aqua boys um what's that mean? no they're good that's that's where i'm from gan and aqua so if you're ever on the 401 driving east in ontario you see a random casino that's gan aqua <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> it's a small town of five thousand people i think half of them are in nursing homes and all you do is just sit there and drink coffee. It's, that's Gan. It's great. It's like a little country redneck town. And we used to have a band there. And we did, I don't even know what you'd call us. Everyone said we sound like every time I die. I had one person say we sounded like NWA, which doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> yeah, that was my first band. I think I joined when I was like 16, maybe. Um, just some friends I went to high school with. And then we just played shows. And unfortunately, it never didn't really work out. But now I'm here with these guys, right? So, so how was the music scene growing up there? Uh, there wasn't. Uh, I think we were the only band in that town, let alone metal band. Yeah. Um, we did a couple fundraisers um, at our local. What was it called? Eastside Maroni's, I believe it was. Really weird restaurant. It was downtown, quote unquote. I think we had about 80 people show up and they were just a bunch of uh, drunk rednecks and had no idea what they were expecting because all the openers were country artists. And then we played and a bunch of people got kicked out and it was a great time. And then we did it again a couple months later. That's, that's great. That's great. So uh, this Burning City was more of like a post-hardcore screamo project. Uh, what made you gravitate towards like more of like a beatdown hardcore? I was sick. Uh, well, I don't want to say sick of it. I just wanted to play something that was easier. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. And like, I want to say it wasn't fun, but this music's a lot funner because I don't have to focus on the music because it's, it's, everyone says it's only the first three frets. Well, it is. Okay. Shut up, guys. <laughs> it's three frets. I get it. But it's more of like a performance piece when you guys play. Like, it's really, it's really heavy when you guys play with, uh, with like your... With your tone and uh, and Derek's fucking deep ass vocals, like you guys, <laughs> you guys bring like a, a punishing presence, which is pretty badass. Uh, so, uh, what are some of your uh, Ontario bands that have caught your attention within the last year? Well, obviously, Sinner. You guys are our favorites. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, we tour all the time together. Uh, Rust are some of my homeboys. I love them. I don't even know who else honestly i've just been listening to country music the past like year like i've just completely like i'll listen to bands for inspiration which is great because it's just like local bands who i listen to um other than that like bands like uh you could go more into the french side of canada with guerre and uh uh scarfold and bands like them they're homies for everybody so country music eh? that's uh so what are your favorite country music artists Honestly, I've been listening to a lot of John Moreland, Coulter Wall, uh, Tyler Childers. And we got some like local musicians too who do a lot of country and I don't know, just been nice. really into it. Nice. 
This is me quitting trauma model, by the way. This is me <laughs> saying I'm going country. It's the official press release. Yeah, the press release. <laughs> if you were to create a festival made up of only active Ontario bands, uh, we'll say our bands are already playing. Mm-hmm. What other five bands would you have on the bill? Who would I have? Uh, Rust, False Fire, Perfect Limbs. Do you want me to pick two more or is five enough? Yeah, yeah two. I don't even know. Who else, who else is playing music still? There's so <laughs> many bands playing music still. I might have to go on my phone for this one. I don't even know. Um, that's all I can think of for now. Sure, sure. Well, we can leave it at that. Perfect Limbs, though. Oh. Perfect Limbs oh, is really good. Oh, and, oh, Trauma Lanes. What am I doing? Come on. Yeah, yeah. We had, uh, I've, I've already had yeah. Brendan on the show. Oh, God. Cinco. <laughs> He's what great. a son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so like you already mentioned uh, You pretty much do everything in Drama Model uh, Derek does vocals, <laughs> Elijah does drums um, I know it can be tough recruiting band members When living in a smaller city uh, Not that Drama Model needs one But was, was that the reason why you just didn't find a bassist Which is just out of simplicity's sake Yeah, pretty much um, Our bass player parted ways with us And then we were like Well, there's no one else who really wants to do it. And if they do want to do it, it's like they're not really in the time or like space for it. Like just they didn't have gear together or whatever. Right. And it's like we'd love to have them. But we wanted someone of the, I want to say like a certain caliber, but, you know, like ready to go to play shows. So it just so happened I took it upon myself and I found some sweet Kijiji deals. And I was like, let's try it. And then next, no, now I'm playing through an entire bass rig as well. So convenience i guess and now there's only three of us in the band so more room for me to you know put my feet up and chill out <laughs> <laughs> totally and you guys do it really well uh you guys really fill out that sound um so um you're quite the chef when we were on the road together you always found time to make sinner and trauma model like prestige grub uh what's your cons- uh, experience been like uh working in the culinary world and how vastly different is it from playing shows thank you by the way um Cooking is, I've been cooking since I was like 15 or 16 or whatever, just like doing whatever. Then after my first job was at a, a beautiful um, fine dining French restaurant here in Gianaque. Um, I left there, went to a, a, our Gan Inn, um, cooked there for a bit, which was French as well. And then now I work at an Italian pizzeria, gourmet. And I don't know, it's pretty intense. I feel like when I'm not doing the band, I'm there, which I mean, it's great because make lots of money there i'm treated super well there and then whenever i have friends over it's just like hey just go get some pizza right like it's super sweet in that kind of sense and they they respect what i do they give me the time off when i need it you know what i mean um other than that cooking for people is so much fun i love to cook for people as you know i think our first night in what was it, somewhere in quebec city or quebec uh rural quebec bowling, yeah rural quebec in the middle of a 32 degree negative 32 degrees storm i'm sitting in this cabin making bolognese from scratch for everyone <laughs> that was solid that and was then I solid. Took all your money you did take but, all our money we were uh for the listeners uh so trauma model and center have done a couple tours together but the last tour we did get uh together we got uh very very fond of uh CeeLo. actually you taught us how to play CeeLo. <laughs> i did uh where did you end up where did you learn CeeLo? And for the listeners um, who don't know, it's just like a dice throwing game that you lose your money at with Mitch. I learned CeeLo through, I think it was like some stupid video that Derek probably showed me like two years ago, <laughs> just being like some guys like 
bombing on trains and slouching around town or whatever. They're just playing like dice games. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. What's this? And then I've always just known about it. Like, I think every time I die, I did a set of dice like four or five years ago. And I was like, oh, what's that? You know what I mean? And it's just like through that and it's like, okay, well, let's, let's figure out something that we can have fun with these guys on tour with. And the first thing we thought it was like, let's just take all their money. The entire 10 days we're hanging out. So then we decided on CeeLo. We found some dice at the, I actually still have those dice. I stole them from the, <laughs> the cabin <laughs> and uh, I still have them. And I don't know, we just destroyed you guys. What Kyle ended up taking everybody's money at the very last night when we did like the all in bets. Listen, that was just me making him feel better. Okay, we go. knew that you, yeah, he's whatever. He was just upset that he didn't win anything, so we let him. And you get a tattoo so, uh, of dice on tour, right? Yeah, you should use that as the, 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 the like photo for it. Oh, that's awesome. That was such a good time. Uh, my wife even actually, she purchased me the, the Every Time I Die CeeLo dice. Yeah, because I wouldn't shut up about it. For my, so she got it for my birthday. Um, yeah, it's somewhere around here. But yeah, that, that was such a good time. Uh, so yeah, uh, I would say you're pretty passionate about uh, the food you cook. When you aren't playing breakdowns, uh, you work at like a gourmet pizza place uh, in your hometown yeah. of Kingston. Well, it's not your hometown, but the place you live in currently in, of Keith Kingston. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what is the most difficult pizza they make you work, uh, cook there? There's a couple pizzas. I mean, the higher price you go, the more parts there are to it, right? Right. So, more ingredients but um we have a couple you know 20 dollar plus pizzas they're all single serving pizzas they're about 11 inch whatever um but they get crazy you get like tzatziki and black olives and feta and arugula and whatever you want or you can just go straight pepperoni and cheese you know it's the world's your oyster that's awesome um so lastly before we get into some anecdotes with each other uh if you were a, a high class prestige meal what would you be I class prestige meal. I would like to think I'm like a like a nice bed of oysters, as I you know, just said. Um some hot sauce, you know, shock them and let's go, pop them back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. So anecdotes. Tell me some of your wildest stories from being on the road or in the studios or anything in between. Well, I feel like everyone's opinion on the wild stories is going to be different to the band but me personally speaking i feel like if someone who outside of the band would be like what's your craziest story nick when we stayed with nick at schoolhouse he would say that was the most intense 10 days ever because we were just disgusting human beings the entire time we cleaned the hell out of that kitchen for him he didn't know what to do we got him stuck on tuna sandwiches the dude just says he's like i'm obsessed with tuna now i don't get it um <laughs> He kind of, I think he might hate us for it. I don't know. And, but yeah, if you asked him, he'd be like, those, that was the wildest 10 days of 2020 for sure. But I feel like um, if you ask all of us, there's a couple little tidbits of stories. Like the one time we were sleeping in a Walmart parking lot in the van, we'd like just got it. And our big thing was like, we need to sleep in the van. We need to be a typical band. So we slept in the van and Derek was like, I'm not comfy. So he grabs his sleeping bag and goes, sleeps outside. And there was like a little grass patch in the middle of this parking lot. Sure enough, six o'clock rolls around. He's getting stabbed by a po like a stick or whatever. And he wakes up and that's some crackhead in Burlington, Ontario, Paul parking lot. And he's just like, what are you doing? Do you have any money? Do you have a smoke? And he's just like, what the fuck? 
what are you doing? Get away from it. So he gets up, jumps into the van, shuts the door, locks all the doors. We all wake up and he's like, don't talk to me. I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. But I mean, like, you know, I have another story too, but it always seems to revolve around Derek. Like me and Elijah are just so, I feel like we're blessed or something. Like we don't deal with any of it. It's always just Derek. Derek always has the crazy stories. <laughs> we, we, were, we were in Hamilton. We were playing. We were like way early for load-in. And we are just sitting there in the van. He's like, Derek's like passed out in the passenger seat, window down. And some older lady and her like helper walk by. And the, 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 the helper keeps walking. The older lady turns around. She like looks at Derek. And he's just sitting there, window down, passed out, chair reclined. And he's like... I forget what he called her. She called him something. It was like, Eric. I was like, Eric, is that you? And then just like, he's asleep. I notice her. And then she starts walking towards the van. And she's like, Eric, Eric? Oh my God, it's Eric. And then like literally tries to grab Derek's face. Derek's asleep. He wakes up and all he sees this older lady smiling at him. being like, oh my God. <laughs> he screams. She runs away. And then we went and got burritos. That was it. That was it. <laughs> She she really thought he was Eric, eh? Yeah. They were in love. They were in love. Shout out to that girl. Shout out to... Imagine her name was Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking for her, uh, Eric. That's a Hamilton name, isn't it? Erica? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's probably a name from everywhere. Why would it just be a Hamilton name? We have Ashley's in Kingston. That's, okay. oh. <laughs> that's why. It's just... <laughs> congregated of ashley's awesome um where are some of the weirdest venues you've ever played oh come on you know the answer to this <laughs> what i can't the, was it the panic room it was the panic room this has been the brought panic. up before with uh with uh nick but yes definitely tell us about your experience at the panic room in st john new brunswick well the panic room um after getting tattooed we took a we, we were pretty late getting to the venue. I didn't realize how late we actually were. But uh, I think it was a four-hour drive there. We showed up at 8 o'clock at night or something like that. And you just walk in and the door opens and there's a cloud of cigarette smoke that just attacks you and just eats your lungs away. God knows all the drugs and alcohol that were in that building. We play our show. No one was there. <laughs> and the show goes on it finishes at like what like one in the morning or something like that finished pretty late, yeah i would yeah. say that there was quite a few people there i would say that there was more than nobody there well yeah that's sorry yes there was a bit of people there for sure not nobody but all, all i remember is you guys being like all right we're gonna sleep here and i was like where like where and they're like on the floor and i was like <laughs> the the pardon pardon me and you're like yeah here's a and then you just see everyone just roll out their bunk or their sleeping bags like let's go and i was like i'm gonna sleep in the van see you later so (laughs) i think i slept in the van it was like negative yeah again i think it was negative 30 something that night again i i had an okay sleep i woke up to the sound of the owner leaving at eight o'clock in the morning banging on the side of the van trying to like etch his way down the driveway (laughs) it was I've never seen so much ice on a driveway in my entire life. Yo, yeah. What was, was that about? There wasn't even like, it didn't look like it had snowed there, but there were just like, uh, it was, high, <laughs> it's, it was just as if somebody had just literally sprayed down the driveway with a hose and was like, perfect, this will freeze overnight and then the bands will come and they'll have a terrible time loading in. Uh, 
it's it's literally like they took all the ice in the city from all the ponds and like recreational centers and just put it all in that one driveway <laughs> and it was like thick it was like half a foot thick yeah it was crazy. it was insane yeah it i've was never like seen so much ice loading in on an ice rink it was a good time. I don't think anyone dropped anything, which was nice. So always a good time. Always a good time. Yeah, uh, and that was one of the worst sleeps I've ever had. I remember because uh, yeah, uh, the owner shut the, shut the heat off like mid uh, during like so like it was okay when we fell asleep, but like when we woke up, it was like super cold and like I was just su- I was on the ground like yeah you're laying on the ground with a I, I think it was carpeted, but like it wasn't like a comfy carpet. Like you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, it was like, like uh, it was like your grandma's carpet in her basement that just got furnished. You know what I mean? Like it's not. <laughs> they found it. It's the dollar, the Target version carpet, and it still hasn't been vacuumed. <laughs> no, or yeah, it's <laughs> it's seen some stuff. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I always liked the panic room. I always thought it was a great time. Uh, that was definitely one of the weirdest experiences I've been there. Uh, but I, over overall, I've uh, I've had weirder places. There's been weirder places. The 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 drive the next day was brutal. Yeah, I think we made Squires drive that. Yeah, I did the whole thing. I mean, like the guys in the band can drive, like Derek and Elijah. Elijah unfortunately doesn't have his license. Um, and then Derek's just always asleep. So I just figured I kind of take it on myself. I love driving. So it's like, I'll just do the driving. I, I, I'll never do that drive. <laughs> Someone else can do it next time. It was brutal. Did we go to, uh, did we go to, where did we Bar-V-A. go? The, yeah. Yeah. That was a shout out to that place because that place was insane. Thank you for booking that show and introducing us to Guerre, uh Cause we we played this tiny little hole in the wall. It was barely I would barely even consider it a, a bar because there was there was really not much going on other than like us. Nope. And that place went off. We actually we uh you told us, you kinda gave us like a heads up. You were like, This place is pretty like, you know, they're really into their hardcore. And then I checked out where. So I like <laughs> I, I kinda knew what I was getting into. So we prepared a, a hate yep. beat cover. And when we played our hate beat cover, uh they went crazy, so crazy that a that dude, mental. a dude, fell, and he split his head open, and he and uh, we were really concerned. Uh, he was bleeding all over the place, but he couldn't have been happier. We have a picture of him with like smiling. <laughs> he is. It I was, have it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Uh, shout outs to that guy for being a sport. I hope he went to the hospital after that. He, so here's the funny thing. He did go to the hospital. He, we were supposed to sleep at his place that night. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, he was the guy who was putting us up for the night. Then he got blackout drunk and cracked his skull open. I was like, okay, perfect, sweet. They, that place is insane, though. Those boys know how to party, and did they ever party, especially when Derek smashed that TV in half. Remember that? I don't. <laughs> tell, tell us about that. Uh, I think it's for Guerre. You, there was a song or whatever. You know, everyone's having fun, throwing down, whatever. And I just remember looking over and I see like a small little TV hanging. It was kind of weird. It was like a bracketed onto the ceiling, but it was like at an angle. And it was kind of in the corner. It was so random where it was. And all you see is Derek just punch it, just swing back and just smoke this TV right in half. It was like, it like literally concaved. Like there was, it was just, it was done. 
There's no saving that TV at all. And because that place was like bonkers, there's no way that they could have definitely tell that it was Derek. Like there were so many people throwing down. Like, no, it was insane. There was no one knew who was going on. And then there was a couple fights there. And yeah, they probably didn't find that broken TV till the next day. That was the least. <laughs> that was the least of their concerns. I saw that and I was like, we need to leave. We need to leave immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh. Nothing compared to the poster that I broke uh, when we were in Ottawa. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I so, thought you were uh, gonna get us. I thought we were gonna get arrested for the poster. You, yeah. you just you ruined that guy's entire week. I did, and I didn't mean to. I felt really bad. So the <laughs> listeners, uh, we played a show on this uh, tour in Ottawa, which was, you know, the owner was very nice. We practically played like a, a, a like a bookshop. It was like a a, a sweet cafe. Oh and it was like a little cafe, you know, with some booze. And uh, here, here's fucking sinner and trauma model, just with all this scary ass beatdown music and fucking like uh, banshee screams. And like, yeah, at the end of the set, it was a bit of a weird show, but we still had fun. But at the end of our set, my set, uh, I was, I think, I was pounding on the wall, and I, and I pound, and I hit a poster, and it fell off, and it broke, and the glass shattered everywhere. I felt terrible. I felt so bad. I helped the guy cleaned up, but he was still so pissed at me. And then I was like, I can, uh, he was like, you're going to pay money for this. And I was like, that's kind of okay. Sure. Yes. I can pay funny. Uh, or I could pay money for that. That's fine. And then he, he still didn't seem quite happy after I paid him money. I mean, I, here's your $5 for your frame, dude. Chill. <laughs> Like, yeah, the, the picture itself was fine, but like the frame was the only thing that was, bro- I still felt bad about that. I, and he's probably never, ever going to book a show in his little uh, cafe ever again. Probably not. Never. <laughs> I think uh, they're actually still open. I think they're crushing this COVID stuff. I don't know how, but they're, they're doing well, I guess. Oh, well, good for that. Maybe. I yeah. guess so. It must have been that poster, man. Yeah, he sold all his posters for money to pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Mitch, uh, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great catching yeah. up. Uh, Thanks, tell the buddy. tell the other guys I miss them. Uh, but before he goes, tell the listeners where they can find your socials, like uh, the trauma model guys. Okay, well we have everything. We got Bandcamp, Instagram. It's just backslash trauma model for most things. Uh, Facebook, YouTube. Um, we actually did a, a schoolhouse session with Nick at Schoolhouse Studios a while back. It's live. It's on our Instagram. Instagram. It's pretty cool. There's like two new songs on it, um, which is coming up on our uh new album it's called uh sanity on a razor's edge um i think we might be doing like a a may release maybe i think i don't know for sure but um we got a couple music videos going to be coming out for that um other than that you can find all our old stuff on apple music spotify the whole nine yards you know how it is Right on, right on. Can't wait to hear that new release. Uh, But until then, we're going to end the show with uh, some uh, ice. This is Ice by Trauma Model. Take it easy. Ice, baby. Ice. Ice. Take another runner, run that shit out the brain, now not pass if I got it.
Thank you for listening to Banecdotes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us. Give us a high rating. Follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes. That's B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And like I said, if you're interested in being on the show, shoot me an email at banecdotes at gmail.com. Take it easy, folks.